This is Happily Holistic, where we dive deeply into everything health and wellness with a big dash of spirituality and a sprinkle of business. We spotlight the uplifting and the positive and share the secret ways top wellness authors and celebrities get inspired, stay healthy, and enjoy this beautiful life. I'm your host, Amy Lee Mercury, best-selling author of 15 books and holistic health expert for the last 19 years. I can't wait to get happily holistic with you today. Hello, hello, and welcome to Happily Holistic. I am so excited to have Amy Wilding with us today. Hi, Amy. Hi, Amy. So nice to be here with you. It's the it's the day of the Amy's. Our yeah, name, that's right. Our name means beloved. I'm sure you know that. Yes, I do. And actually, my partner's name is also Amy, but spelled differently. So Ooh. we get called all kinds of cutesy little names. You like, guys are so beloved. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yes, what do you get called? Um, the Amy's or Amy Squared or Aunt Amy and regular Amy, depending Ooh. on which family group we're with. <laughs> so fun. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. It's yeah, we're pretty cute. <laughs> you guys are cute. Exactly. And it's, it's a fun name to have. So I'm really excited to have Amy Wilding here with us. Um, I've admired her work for a while and the podcast gives me an opportunity to make new author friends, which is really fun. So Amy is an author, an educator, an advocate, and an international speaker. She's dedicated to dismantling the patriarchy and eliminating the shame and taboo associated with menstruation. She's been leading women's circles, mother-daughter circles, and rites of passage ceremonies for well over a decade. With a deep passion for empowering women by helping them to reclaim their inherent sovereignty and wisdom, Amy has answered the call to service through circle and retreat leadership, workshops, one-on-one mentoring, conference presentations, guest facilitation, podcasts, interviews, and women's circle leadership training. Amy's first book, Wild and Wise, Sacred Feminine Meditations for Women's Circles and Personal Awakenings, was published in 2017, and her next book, Mapping Perimenopause, will be published in 2021. So you have lots of good stuff going on, and tell us, too, about Red Tent Louisville. So Red Tent started out many years ago as a sacred place for women to come together, really just to experience what it feels like to have a safe container to tell their stories. And it has grown and developed into um, something even beyond what I had initially imagined. Mm -hmm. And what I found through doing my work, which didn't start out specifically focused on menstruation, we just chose to claim the red tent based on the book and that it was I a love safe, the book. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. really life changing for me um, to envision a safe and sacred, non secular space for women to come together yeah. um, to talk about the things that are generally hush hush in mainstream society, but that are so fundamental to our identity, to ourself, to our well being. And what I have found over the years is that specifically working with women around the major thresholds of life, such as menarche, childbirth, and menopause, um, is what's lacking in our culture. And it really is such a disservice to women to disconnect, disconnect them from the wisdom that should be ours by birthright. So 
over the years, my, sh my focus has shifted um, to supporting, educating, advocating around the major thresholds of menarche and menopause. And I've also shifted into one-on-one -on -one mentoring of women around the menstrual cycle because it's just, it's shocking and it's uh, frustrating and sad to see women go through their entire lifespan without the basic knowledge about our hormonal cycle. And what that does is it disconnects us from a very potent source of our own power. Um, so what I'm really doing, it isn't that I'm super fascinated with menstruation or menstrual blood or anything like that, um, but what it is is that menstruation and the female body is one of the primary points of contact, contact of patriarchy. And yeah. so allowing women to awaken to the programming that has been perpetuated upon women for our whole lives um, allows them to really reconnect with their own sense of self, their own sense of worth and their power. And that in itself is life-changing for women. And then when you add on the complexity of finally understanding the intricacies of the cycle, it is absolutely life-changing for women. I agree. And gosh, as a medical intuitive for 20 years, perimenopause and various hormonal dysfunction are, are you know, probably in the top three, uh, the top three things that people come to me with. And a big part of that is that disconnection from the divine feminine within. Yes, and not only Absolutely. that, but when women are seeking out information, it is not there for them to find. Women, I can't tell you how many women I've talked to who've gone to medical professionals and sought yes. answers and have been shut yes. down completely. And I do absolutely believe that that is an arm of patriarchy as well. I agree. Counted, um, they're not given information. Yes. They come knowing something about themselves is not correct, is not yes. right and they are completely invalidated and yes. especially when it comes to anything related to menstruation menstrual Absolutely. health and especially perimenopause yes. so many women go to the their healthcare providers and are told you're too young to be in yes. perimenopause when the signs are yes. so clear they're so yeah. obvious so that's the basis of the next book that i'm writing is i'm excited for you to write that and oh, share it so i can so recommend it yes because mm -hmm. women need to know what what the realities are, um, what is normal to expect. Mm -hmm. And there's such a huge spectrum of physical, psychological, emotional, and spiritual experiences related yeah. to perimenopause. But when you look at all of the stories, there is a foundation that shares certain similarities among all women. So I think it's mm -hmm. really crucial for women to know what they're experiencing is part of the process and we can then start discerning what is typical what's normal what's yes. atypical and what may need medical intervention yes. but the, the gist of what i hear from women is how alone they feel and how they literally feel like they're going crazy mm -hmm. and i think it's very unfortunate that there is literally nothing to anchor them through this process other than doctors offering to give them a hysterectomy or I know. put them on birth control or um, synthetic hormones. And I think there is a much better way to progress. So that's why it's called mapping perimenopause because we are that. talking about how to progress through this journey. It is a rite of passage.
it is a rite of passage and to have there be no uh, cultural validation for that is one of the energetic roots of the dysfunction that happens and and that's part of you know what i see probably couple, at least a couple times a month if not every week wow women. and and those women that do have the uh the knowledge at least to come to someone like you or i i mean i i see these women and they've come in because the medical system is not equipped or trained to help them through this process absolutely and there are physical emotional mental and spiritual components to it that all have to be addressed absolutely Absolutely. and i think the first one that's most fundamental is simply acknowledging this is what's happening Mm-hmm. And this is what will happen and allowing women to feel a sense of community or connectedness rather than mm-hmm. thinking that they have to navigate this completely on their own. This is not how it should be. Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, over the years with clients, I've seen women enter perimenopause and have, for example, major life changes that reverse that or delay that and change that. And that's what part of what shows us is our our reality is comprised of so many energetic pieces. And when we move something um, from, I I work a lot with traditional Chinese medicine philosophy, from that kind of Taoist perspective, when we move something external and that allows us to move what we call ancestral latency, then that creates movement. And sometimes these symptoms will move and change and morph and perhaps cease Mm -hmm. for a time because that ancestral latency is the denser energy that's been contained in the genome passed down from woman to woman to woman through generations. Yes, yes. And I think that all, all of that combined with, for many women at the age of perimenopause, they are really deeply considering the impact of their mother line. Yes. And for women like me, also dealing with their own children going through puberty. So we're sort of sandwiched in between looking at our relationship with our mother and how that affects our own sense of well-being in ways that affect every part of us and our relationships with our growing children. It's been quite a journey for me personally. And that is why I think, you know, I, when I look for resources and don't find them, I'm the one who says, okay, this needs to be created. Yeah. I have my assignment now to do this. Thank goodness, because we need that. And, you know, my journey was very interesting. I'm, I'm 43 and at, um, I guess, probably between 35 and 38, right at that beginning of when we would have the testosterone slide yeah. that, that begins perimenopause, supposedly. Um, I had some very, very severe perimenopause symptoms and a few, you know, really severe. And a few years later, I ended up going through a major life change, which was a very amicable divorce. I'm still friends with my ex-husband. There's nothing bad, you know, about that. But that entire process reversed for me. Wow. I mean, I I came out of the the process and this mass quantity of ancestral healing that did come up in this case um, made me say to like my best friend, I feel like I have the hormones of a 28 year old again. Wow. And that's the profound, profound ability of the body to morph and change and heal. And, And neither was healed or unhealed, but just 
there's so much going on behind the scenes. And if I had thrown a synthetic hormone in there, what a mess I would have made. Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely right. And I, I, I do recognize the benefit of having medical intervention when we need it. But I also recognize that we are disabling a process that is so crucial Mm -hmm. to our evolution as women. And now that I've been privy to so many stories of women who have gone through perimenopause and are on the other side, they, um, they attribute so much of their personal evolution to the process and to the journey. Absolutely. Me, me too. Even though the other side ended up being going, going backwards. Yeah. It was sort of like going here and then going back around. For those of you who aren't listening, can't see, but you can imagine what I'm doing. Um, But either way, these hormonal changes are just so profound and so indicative of, the way we're working with our feminine energy. And, and I think also the balance of the feminine and masculine within us. Yes, absolutely. And I think in order to really access and maximize that, we just, we need information. Yeah. And so far as we have seen, there's just not a lot out there. And I, I have a perimenopause group we used to meet monthly until COVID. Um, but one of the things we talked about was what would our experience of midlife be like mm-hmm. if the experience of perimenopause was as understood and openly discussed as pregnancy and childbirth? Yes. So that's really sort of my goal is to make it so much more accessible and available to all women, to yeah. all women. I love that. I love that. And I think one of the things that we can kind of come around to with this talk about embracing and embodying our femininity and our bodies, our body ownership, our body acceptance, and taking away some of these taboos takes us around to the patriarchal reasons that, you know, these might be in place. And, um, I know that you have a lot of amazing perspective on that. So I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, I think, I mean, my own awakening to the experience of patriarchal grip upon my person was Mm -hmm. not until I was pregnant with my first child Mm. and really became aware of how much um, medical agency was taken away from me or was expected yeah. to be taken away from me. Yeah. Um, and I, I just became really outraged. Yeah. The whole thing and um, was very vocal in my, the, my care during pregnancy, my birth experience. And then of course, yeah. um, during when I had an infant and toddler, um, breastfeeding became a cause that I became yes. very active with because again that is ultimately nothing more than the reach of patriarchy um that's what it is shame and sexual taboo upon the most literally the most natural thing that our body can do so i meant to be done exactly yeah Mm -hmm. i still feel really passionate about that but i also became really active uh in terms of birth education preparation Mm -hmm. and i I've just remained in those communities um, over the last 15 years since I became aware of how much agency is intentionally removed or blocked from women Mm -hmm. around anything having to do with 
our reproductive biological functions. Mm -hmm. um, and I do think it has everything to do with past models of ownership of women, yes. uh, literal and metaphorical. And if you reach far enough back into history, it changes. You know, we used to be matriarchal cultures. We used yes. to have goddesses as our deities and archetypes. Yes. And as the world shifted um, and the goddesses were killed by gods, mm -hmm. we saw the shift in our status culturally along with that. And, and it has remained for thousands of years. Yes. So I'm not un laboring under any illusion that we will see a change to that in our lifetime. I have to remind myself that all I can do is work within the system to dismantle the system. Yeah. I don't really use the hyperbole of smashing patriarchy because I don't really think that that's possible, mm -hmm. but I do believe it's possible to dismantle patriarchy. Yes. And the way that we can do that is by reclaiming and re-identifying the parts of ourselves that are whole because Absolutely. we are very amputated by a system that only recognizes us um, in a very limited capacity or in the mm -hmm. capacity of you know, ownership. Yes. Um, I'm a real big fan of Downton Abbey, but <laughs> there are just certain things about it. Um, I'm at the point in the series, I watched it like three times. I'm at the point in the series where Edith has her baby outside of wedlock. Mm. And I just, you know, I was really pondering that last night about the social norms that we participate yes. in that place value on owning someone's virginity, owning a woman's yes. virginity. Yes. And of course, it's a double standard because it's yes. not the same for men. It is a double standard. And it's also a paradoxical standard because although women are, you know, implied to be owned, we're also implied to be ornamental. Right, right. And, and that's, you know, the other piece that is damaging or, you know, that we're, we're working. I think a lot of us are working on trying to navigate and shift. Um, women's bodies not only as ornaments but as instruments you know a, a little boy is told wow you're so good at kicking the soccer ball and a little girl is called, told wow you look so pretty yeah that's it's, absolutely right it's and a, it's a non-empowering message it is and it is insidious and it is from the time of birth we gender our messages yes. to our children and Ultimately, yeah. that is what kind of started me on this path doing work with mothers and daughters um, because mm. I recognized we don't have any really empowered positive archetypes. So I started doing mother-daughter circles based on goddess archetypes yes. about, I don't, it's been about eight years since I, I started doing that. And that evolved into the work that I do with mothers and daughters now, which is menstruality education yes. and rite of passage ceremony. Um, because I do believe that starting girls out with positive messages about how powerful their bodies yes. are is the way to dismantle patriarchy from the inside out. Because I what I have observed is when we start counteracting the messages that they've already ingested and giving them a sense of sovereignty from a very young age, yes. they are immune to future messaging from patriarchy about their bodies. So that's the way that I can connect with my activism in the real world. So yes. like I said, I don't know if it will change in our lifetime, but I know that it, if it affects lifelong change in the women and girls that I work with. 
It absolutely does. And, and I think, I think in our lifetime we'll see change, but I think we're, we have a long way to go. And we were, we were talking before we began recording about, um, some things that have been happening, the, the passing of Justice Ginsburg. And I, I was sharing how that was several days ago when, from when we're recording, you guys will hear this a, a little bit after, but, um, I was sharing how that morning I woke up with dreams and really, um, really feeling depressed and sad and disheartened like I did at the, uh, when the results were announced of the last presidential election, yeah. where um, I know that was very triggering for a lot of women to have a man uh, in office who openly bragged about sexually assaulting a woman. And I was telling Amy that uh, inspired me to write a book proposal about goddess archetypes and how we could change the patriarchy which didn't get picked up and i really want to write that book but um i did get to write a little bit of goddess which had some of that in it uh under the radar but um yeah and so as we look at this idea of the ownership of women's bodies and how we can shift that amy was also sharing before on on the before we began recording this interview, some things that have been going on in Louisville today. If, you, if you'd like to speak about that and then maybe we can kind of come, come together yeah. on how we're gonna Yeah, absolutely. That. Mm -hmm. So um, I live in the Louisville area and we have been very closely connected with the Black Lives Matter movement, yes. specifically focusing on Breonna Taylor's life. Yes. And um, I don't, to fill in the audience who may not know, um, there have been peaceful protests for 121 days in, in one specific spot in our city. And we just learned last week that the attorney general was convening um, sometime soon, we didn't know exactly when, mm -hmm. to discuss the findings of the grand jury. Mm -hmm. And so we've all kind of been waiting on pins and needles because what's yeah. been happening is they've been moving in like military force into our city. The National Guard is here, the U.S. Marshals here with mm. their tanks. They've barricaded streets, they've boarded up buildings wow. downtown. So it is a very um, heightened situation and we have all just been waiting to hear the announcement of the attorney general, mm -hmm. general, which came this afternoon that only one of the three officers that were involved in the shooting of Breonna Taylor will be indicted. And it was only for um, wanton, oh gosh, what was it? Disregard or something mm -hmm. like that, you know, essentially a slap right. on the wrist right. with $15,000 bail. And Obviously, this does not serve justice for the city, for the community, for Black lives, for this country. It's really, really devastating. And so I've just been sick to my stomach all afternoon, um, not only because of that decision, but because of what may happen in our city over the I know, that's what next I was just hours, thinking. the next few days. Yeah. Um, I think the military is setting up a situation where they are hoping to drop a match on a powder keg I think and so. make it look like the protesters are violent, but it, the ultimate truth is the protesters have been very nonviolent for months, mm -hmm. and this right. is um, just a really heavy time in our city. It is heavy. So something that um, I've been thinking about today 
that we spoke about before we started recording yes. was my <laughs> my nature um even though i consider myself a practitioner of a certain spirituality um i feel a lot of outrage and uh i think it's really important for us to um discredit the notion that rage and anger don't have a place in spirituality, particularly in women's spirituality. There's this whole notion now of toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. And my belief is that our sense of righteous outrage is really needed. And especially, I mean, especially today. But yes. I, I wrote an article um, several years ago when the white nationalists drove their car into a gathering in Charlottesville, North Carolina and killed a woman. I wrote an article about outrage at that point. And then I also included a meditation in my book about outrage based on the goddess Sekhmet, um, mm -hmm. which I think it's really crucial for us to remain connected to because outrage yes. is our way of channeling our power outward. And that is what is necessary to make long lasting change. Um, yes. I think there's a role for prayer and meditation, but I think that there's also a really important place for um, righteous outrage directed energy for creating change. Ultimately um, action, yes. Action, absolutely. Yes. Action is absolutely necessary. Yeah. And on days like today, I mean, half of my mind is already, you know, downtown right now wondering what's happening and what's gonna happen tonight. Mm. But the, the outrage is absolutely justified in this yes. case. So I do feel like there is power in connect, allowing ourselves to connect to goddess archetypes that yes. help us to channel what it is that we need to bring to the situation. Yes, I agree with that. I agree with that. And maybe you can read to us the, the intro of your segment meditation and tell everyone where to find that. So that's something we yeah. can use, we can all use, you know, and this, if you're coming across us and listening to us, whether it's in, um, we're recording this in September. So whether it's in, you know, at the end of September or later on in the year, you we're can, probably going to need this in November. Too. I think we're going to need it for the rest of the year anyways. <laughs> so you can tap into this. With this idea being to let let the goddesses, in this case the goddess Sekhmet, but to really let any goddess archetype that that moves you come in, support you, feel feel as if the goddess is sitting at your back and you can lean back and be supported and then allow that to help you take conscious action and do whatever you're called to do. And also just to be in your power, your your personal power and feeling a sense of empowerment. Even that is an example that radiates. And I think for a lot of women who don't feel that way, if more of us are in that space, then we make that energy more available. Yeah, absolutely. And I was also compelled um, after the election to write an article about four goddess archetypes that you can, <laughs> yeah, that you can channel and tap into okay. in order to access your gifts to share with the world at this time. So a lot of people are like, I know I need to do something, but I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. Yeah. Accessing these goddess archetypes, the four that I mentioned in the article are Artemis, Athena, Kuan Yin, and Kali, of course. Kali. I love those. <laughs> how could I forget I love Kali? Those. 
So, and, you know, I'm kind of a blend yeah. of all of them. Um, today, yeah. I'm more Kali than anybody. Um, yeah. If you want, I can, I'll share the article link if, if you're able to. That'd be wonderful. They can actually. Yeah, that would be wonderful. We can, we can um, direct them to that. And, and are some of these links on your website as well? They're all on my website. Okay, good. So, so we can also have everyone go there. Yes, my website is redtentlouisville.com, and Perfect. then there's a, there's a page or a tab that says published articles, and it's on there. Okay, good. Perfect. So I'll read for a moment from, uh, my book is called Wild and Wise. I love the cover. It Thanks, I do too. <laughs> as soon as I saw this image, I was like, oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, this is a collection of 36 meditations that I've written over the years mm. for my red tent circles. Um, because yeah. like I said, they, there wasn't one out, there wasn't what I wanted out there. So I realized I needed to create it myself. Mm -hmm. So this meditation is about rage and it is the goddess Sekhmet. So I'll read the introduction. Okay. The lion-headed goddess of rage, Sekhmet is perhaps one of the oldest and most widely recognized deities in the Egyptian pantheon. Sekhmet was summoned by her father, Re, the sun god, to punish mankind for not following his law. Sekhmet channeled her righteous rage in response to the imbalance and injustice that was inflicted by humans upon the world. When we embody the wild wisdom of Sekhmet, we grant ourselves permission to feel and express the full spectrum of human emotions and release the transformative power of our rage. Wow. I think we should just go for it and do your meditation. Are you, you up wanna for do it? it? Let's do okay. it. So everyone, this is gonna be about a five minute meditation. Amy's gonna take us on this journey and then we will um, see what we say next since okay. we're in the flow. Sounds great. Okay. So sit or lie comfortably and take a deep breath in. As you exhale, feel yourself sinking heavily, fully supported by sand. As you begin to become aware of your surroundings, you realize that you are in the desert with nothing but dunes in every direction and the sun high in the sky. On your skin, you feel the heat of the sun. In your heart, you feel despair for the state of the world. As you scan the horizon, you see a figure walking towards you with the body of a woman and the head of a lioness. Upon her head rests a crown adorned with the golden disk of the sun, and you recognize her as the goddess Sekhmet. Greetings, sister, she says. Why have you come here to sit alone in the vast emptiness of the desert? I am here because I can no longer live in this world. I can't bear the injustice and imbalance any longer. There is nothing I can do about any of it. So I came here. Ah, Sekhmet says, I understand. You've never been taught the transformative power of your rage. You, like all women of your culture, 
have been taught only to repress your anger, to deny your powerful feelings, and dwell instead in the patriarchy-approved feelings of sadness and despair. After pondering this for a moment, you reply, yes, I think you're right. From my earliest memories, I was told time and again that my anger was not allowed. My right to feel rage was taken from me and was given over completely to the domain of boys and men, just as their sadness was taken from them and given over to me. And now all I know how to feel is sad. Sekhmet says, Despite everything you've been conditioned to believe, your feelings of anger and rage are valuable. Anger is a potent warning that deserves your attention and response. Rage in the face of injustice is one of the most powerful forces in the world, and it is needed now more than ever. But it's too late, you say. I was robbed of my rage, and now it's gone. No, says Sekhmet, it isn't gone. Just as the sun is hidden from view each night only because of your limited human perspective, your rage is a force of nature that can never be taken from you. You reflect on Sekhmet's words and feel the intense heat of the desert sun. As the external heat intensifies, you begin to feel the internal heat of the unexpressed rage that has always been within you. You remember this feeling and you resist the urge to keep the rage in, to tamp it down or transmute it to despair as you have been taught to do. Let it out, sister, Sekhmet says. Holding your rage within harms you and it does not serve the well-being of the world. Only by shifting your rage outward to outrage can you harness your innate power of transformation. With these words, you feel the heat of your anger and rage shift outward, out of your body, merging with the energetic vibrations of justice and balance. You support the release of this energy by moving your body or opening your voice or doing anything that feels most powerful. When you've discharged the full extent of your rage, you lie quietly in the sand, feeling spent but at peace. Sekhmet says, this is the way of healing, sister, feeling and releasing our anger, owning and channeling our rage to activate change. This process is your birthright and an integral part of the global rebalancing that is needed now. Let no one tell you otherwise. You inhale deeply inviting this wisdom to integrate fully into your spirit. You thank Sekhmet for the gift of rage, and she bows in recognition of the divine within you and reminds you that you can return to her anytime you need to reconnect with your anger and rage. As she walks away, 
you commit to a practice of respecting all of your feelings, knowing they are a crucial and powerful aspect of your sacred feminine spirit. With another deep inhale and exhale, you begin to shift your awareness back to your body, back to this moment. Gently returning to this space and time, you open your eyes. Welcome back. Wow, that was beautiful, Amy. What a gift. I'm so glad we took the time to do that. Oh, good. Me too. Yeah, Me too. I'm really glad we did that. And um, to our listeners, when, when you do listen to this, you can come and comment um, on Instagram and tell us about about your experience there'll be posts on there and you can reach out to Amy or I and just we'd love to hear I think we'd love to hear your experiences and wow that's really a powerful way of framing how we don't have that permission on a societal level to really feel anger and rage yes absolutely and I think it's very crucial that this really just be a catalyst to allowing and acknowledging those feelings because we are so trained and contained to feel helpless mm -hmm. in the face of injustice and I mean that is conditioning we were taught yes. to feel that way if you look at little children they do not feel helpless in yes. the face of injustice and they rage yes. um, and it's, it is an innate power that we have, mm -hmm. but it may not be this, like I said, it may be a catalyst. We may not need to dwell in that rage. Exactly. And we may need to utilize other goddess archetypes to shift yeah. our power into outward action. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I think especially this year in 2020 with so much happening on every level of society, there's a lot to be said for being present, being fully, you know, fully engaged with every aspect of how we're feeling and what we can do. And then also taking breaks from all of it. I know I need to, as an empath, take those times where I unplug from the news and social media and everything uh, and, and not dwell in that and replenish and recharge in nature and then come, you know, which is with many other goddess archetypes mm -hmm. and then come back in and be more effective and more able to help make some kind of a shift as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think recognizing that our ability to disconnect is an aspect of our privilege. Um, it is. It absolutely. And allowing ourselves to find ways to connect with other leaders in our community who may not have the privilege to mentally, emotionally, spiritually the way we do. And supporting those leaders is also Absolutely. a crucial component to this movement right now. I agree. Do you have any thoughts on resources for our listeners on that? Um, anything come to mind? Well, in, in terms of supporting community leaders? Yes. Absolutely. I, yeah. I would advise all of your listeners to um, take the lead of the Black Lives Matter movement in their mm -hmm. local community. Those yeah. people, and in particular, they tend to be Black women and women of color, mm -hmm 
are leading tirelessly. And so the way I support them is I find whatever their cash app Venmo is. Um, uh -huh. I support the work, the emotional labor that they are doing Absolutely. Um, by providing money for them. A lot of them mm -hmm. do not have the same socioeconomic privilege that I do. Yes. So I am really big on that. I also support other people in my community who are taking food and supplies to the protesters in specific areas who are providing food for the communities Wonderful. that are currently living under food apartheid. We don't yes. necessarily use the term food desert, but food apartheid is much more appropriate. Yes. Um, by centering black voices in our news feeds. Um, Absolutely. There's many things we can do, but following the lead of the Black Lives Matter movement mm -hmm. is the first place to start. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. I wish we had more time. I do too. We could go so <laughs> much longer. We've, we've got gen, kind of gone over the general length of the podcast, but we could go so much longer. So. Well, I hope to just provide um, some inspiration for yeah. women to reclaim parts of themselves that are needed, very needed in this current political social climate and for the progression of all women. I love that. And I think um, one of the things we were discussing before we got on the recorded part of the, of the interview was how in some ways our work is very similar. I've been teaching goddess shamanism for 20 years and, you know, all these different goddesses and, um, their archetypes and facilitating people, not just women, but men and women being yeah. able to have direct communication with these goddesses and receive their support and tap into these archetypes. Yes. Whether it's the goddesses we've mentioned, the goddess Nike of victory, Libertas, who's the goddess of freedom and liberty is a, is a, is a big goddess for me. Um, you know, so many different goddesses from all geographic areas. Yes. From that, all cultures. Absolutely. You, goddesses from, you know, every continent. Mm -hmm. And the way that we can tap into that is just, it's a, it's a nice entree to move us into this conscious action. Absolutely. That comes yeah. from what we discussed today. So. Absolutely. I really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. This me was too. a nice way for me to um, channel and focus the feelings yeah. that I've had today yeah. and hope that it can provide um, a balm for yeah. others that are feeling this way too. I think it will. And I think to, you know, bring in your beautiful writing and depiction of Sekhmet and the really um, evocative way that you led us through that meditation too is going to be very helpful for a, a lot of us as we move through this, you know, last quarter of 2020 and yeah. the, the fall and into the the winter and everything so yes glad we got to do that. it out as a blessing and i yeah. invite your listeners to visit my website redtemple.com yes. um for all of my other yes <laughs> and oh, see those resources yeah absolutely please yes. join me on facebook or insta or otherwise yes what where do we find you on facebook and instagram what what is your handle um you know, to be quite honest, I'm not super active on Instagram. Um, I tend to be more interactive on Facebook. Okay. Um, 
I'm on Facebook as Amy Wilding, mm-hmm. and um, my website is current and up to date and has lots okay. of different ways to interact with me, like as the menstrual coaching, but I also do wild wisdom coaching, helping women yeah. um, unshackle themselves from patriarchy. And then, of course, my book is sort of like a take it with you. Um, I was going to say, I'm going to get your book. (laughs) I loved it. I loved what we heard. Oh, good. So not Mm -hmm. only is it a book in print, I wrote it in print for women who lead women's circles as a resource for meditations, but I also recorded it as an audio book for women. Oh, even better. On their own. Yeah. Perfect. So we can download that. Lots of ways you can find me. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so, so much. We're going to have you back soon because we have a lot more to discuss. Yeah, yeah, I think we do. I think thank we you do. So much. Yes, and thank you all for listening to Happily Holistic. And I can't wait to hear from you in the comments. And we will talk again soon. Thanks for listening to Happily Holistic with me, Amy Lee Mercree. You can find out more about the show on amyleemercree.com on the podcast page. Please stop by your favorite social platform and leave me a comment. I'd love to hear how you liked today's show and what topics you'd like me to cover in the future. Come find me on Instagram and Facebook at Amy Lee Mercury. Until next time, stay happily holistic.